My wife informed me there won't be any children's chapel today. So you kids are blessed. You get to look at the pastor for the preaching hour. The nursery is open. You like this time of the year, Christmas? Getting pretty close, isn't it? And you know, the majority of the world commemorates the birth of Christ. But the problem is, they leave him in the manger. There's a whole lot more to it than just leaving Jesus in the manger. Uh, It's kind of like Easter. We leave him on the cross. He's not on the cross. But again, people have tendencies. And I'm glad, as far as Christmas goes, I'm glad at least they recommend that Jesus came. But you know, there's more to it than just Jesus being in a manger. And that's kind of what I want to speak to you about this morning as we get ready for Christmas. And I promise I I won't be long-winded. But turn over to Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. Familiar passage. But I want us to think on the thought of more to just a babe in a manger. And when you get there, stand. Thank you. Good job, Noah. He's the first one up. All right, Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. Did everybody get that this time? Did I not say it before? I may not have. Thank you. Every now and then I get something right. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor. The Mighty God. The Everlasting Father. And the Prince of Peace. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just come before you. Thanking you, Lord, for another day of life and another opportunity to worship and serve you today. Thank you for the privilege and honor of being able to come to your sanctuary with your people. And Father, we celebrate the greatest gift ever given when you sent your Son into the world, Lord, to die for our sins and purchase salvation. And Lord, my prayer is everybody here has received the gift. But Lord, if there's one here today that's yet to receive the gift of eternal life through Christ, let this be the day. Father, we celebrate your coming. We celebrate you going to the cross. We celebrate your mighty resurrection. And oh, Father, we look forward to your return. So just uh, thank you being who you are. 
I pray, Father, that you'll be with me. Give me the words to say. Bring to my memory those things I've studied. And Lord, may I preach in boldness and authority your truth. Speak to hearts this morning. Have your way in this service. You've heard the prayer requests spoken. You know what those prayer requests are that's been written down. We just pray, Lord, that your blessed will be done. Thank you again for allowing us this time to be together. May we worship you in spirit and in truth, for it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. I'm sure all of you are aware that this passage here, this prophecy by the prophet Isaiah was written a little over 700 years before Christ came into the world. Now think about that. 700 years before Jesus was born in a manger, Isaiah prophesied, God showed him that the Messiah that was promised would be coming into the world. And Isaiah wrote it down for our benefit. And Isaiah had faith that one day, just as God said, it would come to pass. And beloved, let me remind you this morning that any time God speaks, you can take it to the bank. When God tells you something, it's going to happen. If he says it's going to happen. So again, let's get back to this. And, you know, uh, well, we'll go in a minute. Look at our passage. It says, for unto us a child is born. Now again, who is Isaiah referring to? He is referring to Jesus Christ. He's referring to that babe in a manger that was to come. For unto us a child. Is born and understand that Jesus, yes, he was born like babies are born, but his birth was a whole lot different than any other birth that's ever taken place in history. Amen. Understand, yes, he was born, but his birth is different because. He was born from the womb of a virgin, conceived of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. And again, how many babies have been born since the Lord came into the world? Lots, huh? Let's just say lots. But none can claim being born like God's only begotten son and I'm thankful that this time of the year people think about his birth but we don't want to just think about his birth I'm thankful that God loved us enough to send his son into the world but listen it's not the birth that saves us it's his death on the cross his shed blood that atones for our sin and redeems us. So again, it's important he was born into the world. We celebrate that. But it's not just about the birth. And that's where a lot of people, they stop there. Oh, it's Christmas. 
Let's celebrate his birth. Well, I celebrate and you celebrate that God kept his word, sent his son into the world. But we go on to celebrate that perfect, sinless life, his atoning death, his mighty resurrection, and his promise to come back and take us home to be with him. Amen? That's what Christmas is. I put it all together. Now, notice what it says. For unto us a child is born. Again, Jesus was born like every other child back in Bethlehem in those days. He was born. But his birth was different because his mother, Mary, was a virgin. And beloved, let me go ahead and tell you, without the virgin birth, let's go home. We're wasting our time. Because that's the only way he could be the Lamb of God that could take away the sins of the world. He had to be perfect and sinless. Had he been born as any other child, he would have had Adam's nature, like me and you. He couldn't have redeemed us. He would have had to have been redeemed. Okay? So, Isaiah says, For unto us a child is born. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. His birth. But there's more to it than just a babe in the manger. Look at what else Isaiah said. Unto us a son is given. That son was God's only begotten son. And God sent his son into the world to atone for the sins of mankind. God gave his son. Think about that. I can't fathom at times. Uh, if you ask me to give my son up for one of you, y'all are in trouble because it's not going to happen. Amen? And you would say the same thing to me. Amen? But understand, God loved us so much that he was willing to send his son into the world to die to atone for our sins. He was given. And when he came into the world, yes, it's true. He did marvelous things. He performed miracles. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. But beloved, that's not why God sent him into the world. God sent him into the world to die in our place to atone for our sins. To sacrifice himself for the penalty of our sins. The Bible says that it pleased the Lord that he was bruised. And he was grieved for our sakes. He was born for one reason. To die. As Sister Natalie sang in her special. What a Savior. For God so loved the world that he 
gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God gave the greatest gift mankind could ever receive. And I pray you've received the gift. But it took God to give that gift. And that gift is his son. What does it say? For unto you a child is born, unto us. Who's he talking about? The world, unto us. A son is given. God's son. Now, understand, and it takes me a little while to let things sink in, but understand, Christ, the Son of God, is the second person of the Godhead. And notice that in eternity, way before even the earth was made and God created man in his image, understand that God back then had a plan to redeem his creation that would fall. Now, it's hard for that to sink in. I, it's above my pay grade. But I know what God's word says. I believe it. And God and Christ and the Holy Spirit, the Godhead, amongst themselves, decided what it would take. And Jesus came. No one took his life. No one forced him to die. He literally gave himself up freely that you and I might be redeemed. What a Savior. But again... He's more than just a babe in a manger. He's more than just a babe. And God's sinning. Notice what it says. And this is where the Jews kind of got crosshaired when Isaiah wrote this. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. You see, because at that time, Rome was pretty much the government for Israel in those days. They ruled and reigned. When the Jews heard this, they thought, oh, God's going to send the Messiah, and the Messiah is going to send, God's going to send his son into the world, and the Messiah is going to set up his kingdom on earth, and we're going to be delivered from bondage from the Roman Empire. But, It's true, there is a kingdom coming. But it wasn't that kingdom. When Jesus comes, the second time, church is out of here. The millennial reign of Christ will be ushered in. That's when Jesus will be ruling the government because he will be what? He'll be the king. It's talking about the millennial reign, that kingdom of God being set up. But the Jews thought, no, no, when God sends the Messiah, he's going to rule and reign, set up his kingdom here on earth, and Rome will no longer bother us. Well, that's where they've messed up. 
Now, listen to me. God still has a plan for the Jews. He's not done with the Jews. But they didn't understand. And there's people out there today that still don't understand. Oh, the kingdom of God is here on earth. Not yet. It will be. The Bible says that every tongue will what? Confess that he is Lord from things in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. They will recognize Jesus as the king of kings and lord of lords. What's that, sister? Every knee's going to bow and tongue confess. That's right. But again, understand, this is where they kind of got crossed. They didn't quite understand. But you know what? Isaiah understood. God tried to tell them. What's God trying to tell us? He tells us lots of things, but we don't take him at his word. Notice what it says. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. I can assure you this. If you're a born again child of God, you will, with your own eyes, see Jesus ruling and reigning in the millennial kingdom. And I'll tell you about the millennial kingdom. It's going to be heaven literally on earth. There won't be rampant sin that you see today. There won't be any murdering and all that carrying on because he will rule with an iron fist. Amen? Now, notice what it says. And his name shall be called Wonderful. Now, isn't it wonderful that Jesus was willing to die on the cross and take our place and pay the sin, the uh, penalty for our sin. Isn't it wonderful that Jesus took upon the wrath of God, the judgment reserved for you and me upon himself so that we might be redeemed and reconciled to God? Isn't it wonderful that Jesus loves us? Isn't it wonderful that he can take an old sinner broken by sin and give that person a brand new life. It's wonderful. And Isaiah said that he shall be called wonderful. And he is that. To me, hopefully, he's that to you. He's wonderful. And then notice what else Isaiah said about him. Counselor. Counselor. (sighs) Boy, he's got his work cut out with me. I'll be the first to tell you. Because I need direction. Amen? Anybody here need direction? Because he is 
not only wonderful, he is the counselor. He gives his people direction. He guides and directs and controls our steps. The word of God says that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his pathway. He's our counselor. You know what I'm thankful for? When I have an issue, and we won't go how many issues I have every day, but when I have an issue, and me and Lori go to the Lord, I'm thankful that he works it out. Now, it may not be automatic, quick, like I would want it to be, but he always takes care and handles our issues when we take it to him. And the Bible says that his name, speaking of Jesus, the Savior, the Messiah, that little pretty baby born in a manger, his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God. Think about that. And by the way, that's another proof in the deity of Christ because it's referring to Christ the Messiah and he's called the Mighty God. I feel sorry for folks who don't recognize his deity. Because I'll go ahead and say it, and you can disagree with me all you want to, but I've got the word of God here. Jesus is God. He is the I am. He is eternal. He has always been. He will always be. He is God. So many people out there won't recognize him. If you don't recognize his deity, I'll go ahead and say, you ain't saved. You have to recognize who he is. Listen, what a God we serve. He left the realm of heaven, the glory of heaven, robed himself in flesh, lived in poverty, was despised, mocked, rejected, suffered. As nobody else has ever suffered. And we're talking about God the Father. And went to the cross. To atone for our sins. He is the mighty God. And I'm thankful. He's my God. But I can't get over how he would literally... Come in the form of a man. He said, and I'm speaking of Jesus, the Son of Man hath no place to lay his head. But because of his poverty, you and I that have been washed by the blood, that have been saved by grace through faith, we have the riches of eternal life in His glory. Yeah, He is God. Not just a 
puny God. No, 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 no. The mighty God. The God that can handle any problem we have. Because he's the mighty God. I am thankful for the mighty God. And then Isaiah says, not only shall he be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. Think about that for a second. You know what that means? Because he's always going to be those of us that receive Jesus, his Son, into our hearts. Guess what? Just as he's always going to be, we're always going to be with him. We're never going to lose our salvation. He's everlasting, and when he redeems us, guess what? We're everlasting also. Everlasting. Lots of folks try to do away with him. They've tried ever since he created the world and created man in his image. They've been trying to do away with God. But guess what? They're gone. He's still around. Amen? And it's going to be that way. Just like his word. How many have tried over history to get rid of his book, his word? And by the way, do y'all believe that's a living book? It's a living book. It's alive. And when this old world is gone, it'll still be there. That's the word of God. The everlasting Father. Oh, what? A Savior. Notice the Prince of Peace. See, when he sets up his millennial reign here on earth, there will be peace like we've never seen. But I'll go one better than that. And I'm looking forward to that peace because our world is in turmoil. Our government is in turmoil. But when he sets up the millennial reign, there will be peace. But I want to talk to you about the peace that passes all understanding. And it comes when we know Jesus as our Savior. Amen. That's the peace I want to speak to you about for a minute or two. Understand. It's hard to understand. It's hard to believe. I know that when I was a lost man, and I can only answer for myself, when I was a lost man, I was just held down by guilt and sin. My sins, I I carried guilt. And it felt like there was thousands of pounds upon my shoulder. And I lived in fear Because I knew there was a God, even as a lost man. I was never an atheist. I knew there had to be something out there. And I'd heard it was God. So I believed. But I was lost and I knew that one day I would have to give an account for the life I'd lived here. And weighed down with guilt and sin, and shame, and fear. Fear of giving account to God, but also fear 
of dying physically. I, my life was a mess. It was constantly in turmoil. I was afraid to go to sleep at night because I didn't know if I'd wake up. I was scared to death, Sister Ginger. But then I met the Prince of Peace. And that Prince of Peace took all of my guilt away. He forgave me of every sin. And the fear of death was gone. And he gave me perfect peace. A peace, just like he says in his word, that passes all understanding. Now, I don't fear death whatsoever. I don't fear facing my God because, you know what? When God sees me because of what Jesus did for me, I'm declared righteous in his sight, so there's nothing for me to fear. All of my sins have been washed away. So I don't have that. I don't carry the guilt of my sin because I have a clean slate. How about you this morning? You see, the Bible says that He and He alone and His blood cleanses us from every sin. Not some sins, every sin. And if you've been washed by the blood, you have been reconciled to God. You have been declared righteous by God because of what Jesus did. You're in good standing with the Father. So yes, he is the Prince of Peace. Aren't you thankful that God sent this babe into the world? But as I said, it's just not that the babe was born in a manger. No, it was his life, his death, and his resurrection. And we commemorate and we celebrate him coming into the world, but there's more to it than just celebrating God sent his son into the world. There's a whole lot more to it than that. And I'll go ahead and say it. You will never know the proper meaning of Christmas until you know this one whose name is Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. The Word of God declared that Mary would bring forth a son and call his name Jesus. And he would save his people from their sins. Because he came and he went to the cross in our place, redemption has been supplied. Salvation. It's yours just for the asking. He came to save you and I from our sins. Have you accepted that gift? Who is he? 
to you this morning? Is he just a babe in a manger? Or is he who Isaiah said he was? He's everything Isaiah claimed and then some. Amen? I hope you know the Savior. And I hope you prepare your hearts for the true meaning of Christmas. I'm thankful for the time we spend with our families and the gifts we exchange. And those are great. But don't let that take from what Christmas truly is. And above all, be grateful for the greatest gift given. Amen. And I pray everybody has received that gift this morning. So would you stand with me, Brother Bob, come. Bow our heads. Father, that's the message. Thank you for allowing me the privilege and honor of being able to share it this morning. Thank you for sending your son into the world to redeem us. We thank you for the gift of eternal life through Christ your son. Father, I don't know the hearts, those that I stand before, but you do. I don't know the spiritual condition, but you do. Father, if there is a need, I pray it will be met during the invitation. Especially, Heavenly Father, when it comes to salvation. Lord, if there's a lost one amongst us, may your Holy Spirit convict and convince them to come and accept the gift of eternal life through your Son. Bless the invitation. Let let whosoever will, let them come and take of the water of life freely. For I ask it in Christ's name this morning. Amen.